superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Taste some of this. This OMG. is the Rich Eisen Show. No other way to put it. With guest host Brian Weber. Oh my gosh. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm not talking to you. I talk to anybody out there. The haters. Rich Eisen. I talk to the haters right now. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. Our number two of the program. Great to have you with us coast to coast. Phone number, you should know it by now, 844-204-7424. If you are interested in chatting with me, Twitter is the best direction to go. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, and I try my best to be upfront. I'm not trying to be a heel character. I don't need your phone calls. I'm not going Bobby the Brain Heenan, but as a veteran fill-in host for a few high-profile programs. I know how it works. For lack of a better term, I am your substitute teacher. Now, I don't come in like that goof in Siwanoi Elementary School that I attended in the suburbs of New York City. Mr. Ganey was my fill-in substitute teacher guy. He should have said, hi, I'm your fill-in host. I would have had more respect. Mr. Ganey would only come in and turn on the projector so we could all take a nap. Hopefully you enjoyed the first hour of the program. We talked a lot of NBA, primarily on an absolutely atrocious showing. In fact, they didn't show up. We'll just call it as it is. A no-show job by the Celtics last night. They got annihilated in Miami, down 30 after three quarters, lost by 26, Heat, not your typical 3-0 advantage because if you just go through their arc, right, they were massive underdogs every step of the way. They were an eight seed on paper. I realize that that's where they wound up because of the play-in, but they had more of a 6-7 seed vibe in the regular season. Still, somehow, someway, here's a team that has a 3-0 series lead in astonishing fashion after they go to Boston, rip away a couple games at the Garden. You think the Celtics might actually do something last night. You can't control the outcome, but you can certainly control your level of effort and desire to compete. We saw none of it. So, with the Celtics now on the verge of what would be a humiliating sweep, but it doesn't matter if they get it back to Boston because we've never seen a single team in the history of the NBA come all the way back from a 3-0 deficit. Yes, Red Sox fan, I am aware of what you did against the Yankees 20 years ago. Different sports. So, where does Boston go from here? We can start thinking about a finals matchup featuring Miami and Denver. First, we have to make it official. Half of that Finals matchup could be solidified tonight with Denver trying to close out L.A. We're going to ease into this hour 
Giving your thoughts on that game coming up in 40 minutes. We'll circle back to the NBA. More of the fallout from a humiliating performance by the Celtics last night. When we say hello to Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. Pierre Maguire worked for NBC for a long time when they had the rights to hockey before it gravitated over to TNT and back to ESPN. I always enjoy catching up with Pierre because I am embracing the spirit of the program. Rich talks hockey, so we're going to do it as well in a concise fashion. Coming up to wrap up the program, roughly 2.40 Eastern time. Pierre, you should be checking him out throughout what has been another glorious run in the chase for the Cup. He's part of a show called Stanley Cup Central, produced by NHL Network on YouTube, a second screen experience. And Pierre not only has the insight, the expertise, my man is verbose. He's a good talker. That's why I'm looking forward to hooking up with him later in the show. Rich and the crew in New York, and we are wishing them all of the luck that they might need. They shouldn't need any luck because not only am I sucking up to the man who's kind enough to allow me to fill in for him. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. But I also consume a lot of sports media. And not only is this a compelling radio audio experience on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. It's terrific when you watch it. In fact, so good for the second consecutive year, programs gotten recognized and Emmy nominated. Looking to win tonight in New York City in the category of best studio show. And if you don't check out the show when Rich is in the chair, just flip over to the Roku channel. It is streaming. It is free and it is well done. I am an Emmy Award winner. Let me read you my entire resume, although small asterisk, yada, yada, yada. It was a regional Emmy, but I still tell people I'm an Emmy Award winner. It was 1999. I got a lot of mileage out of it. For Rich and his team to get this nomination is a monumental accomplishment. Job well done. Let's hope they bring home the hardware. Rich also has a chance to pick up an individual honor. He's been nominated as the best studio host. So that's coming up tonight. I'll give you the details tomorrow. And unfortunately, yes, I'm foreshadowing. You have to deal with me for one more day. Then the team is back together. They'll have their adventures from their road trip when they return to Southern California on Wednesday. Southern California, the site of tonight's NBA game, which interestingly, beyond all of the implications for Denver, not only the Nuggets franchise, but that sports city of moving on to the NBA Finals for the first time since they made the move from the ABA. But a nice little wrinkle added a couple hours ago. Did you know Carmelo Anthony was still, quote-unquote, an active player? I was not aware of that. He had not done the, and they don't really fully do this anymore, but the old adage we use in sports, he hadn't turned in his papers. He had not made it the official declaration that he was done. He hadn't played in a while. But Mello announcing after 19 seasons, he is calling it a career. And you have the nice little synergy between the Nuggets and the Lakers where Mello made that cameo at the end of his career, hooking up with LeBron after all the success they had representing Team USA at the Olympics. Hall of Fame conversation gets tedious, especially in the ranks of hoops, remember, and here is minutiae you probably didn't need to know, but 
That's presumably why I got the gig. It is the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Mass., not the NBA Hall of Fame. So it's all-encompassing. That's why we have representatives of the women's game, a lot of international contributors as well. Mello, based on winning that lone national championship for Jimmy Beheim, who dined out on that for years, 2003 in New Orleans. That's how long ago it was before Jimmy finally went away at the end of this season. Mello captivating our attention when he was the MOP, most outstanding player, had a long and productive career in the NBA, 19 seasons, and it is a, a nice little confluence to have one of the greatest Denver Nuggets of all time, as Denver is on the cusp of making franchise history, say goodbye, and the hookup with LeBron as well. So perhaps this was orchestrated, but there's no question. Mello was a Hall of Famer about three-quarters of the way through his career. Walks away number nine on the all-time scoring list. Now, the pushback would be, he never got to the NBA Finals at all. Forget about winning a title. In fact, he only got to the Conference Finals once when he was with the Nuggets, forced his way back home to New York in many ways the most quintessential Nick move of all time, getting somebody who has all the hype, somebody who is a one-dimensional player. Now, Melo seems like a good dude. He's been universally respected, but safe to say he was me first, right? He was looking to take his own shot. You don't get top 10 all-time recognition as a scorer unless you put up a lot of shots. But if we're just going through, where do you slot him all-time? Since I spent some time talking about Jim Brown's passing in the first hour of the program, we're going to revisit that coming up in less than 15 minutes. You can be a part of this program. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. The phone number is 844-204-7424. My Twitter handle is Weber, Weber with two Bs. And I'm looking for your input because, remember, not only do I have to measure up to the incredible level of expectation created by the headliner on the Rich Eisen Show, Rich rolls deep. He's got a crew. Brockman, T.J. Jefferson, my guy, Del Tufo, who I worked with at NFL Network. So it takes a village. I could use all the help I could get. That should be clear by now. You can be a participant in a variety of ways if you're so inclined. Mello, if I was doing the Hall of Great versus the Hall of Very Good, very good. Now, he was a dynamic scorer, didn't play any defense, Played a long time, props to longevity, was always available to play for his country. That's a wonderful statement to make, but never took the next step. Never really could carry a team, although in fairness, as we shift our attention to the Nuggets and the Lakers, as we're finding out repeatedly, and the latest evidence of this, what I think is an established observation, can't say fact because everything is subjective to a degree, you need two and a half stars to win an NBA title. In fact, you could say two and a half Hall of Famers. The half is not so important. That's more of a complimentary role player who can at least create his own shot. But if you go over the last 40 years of NBA champions, the lone team that doesn't fit that profile would be the Pistons team, that stunned 
the Lakers, quote-unquote, super team of Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, and Carl Malone, led by Rip Hamilton and a very good supporting cast, Ben Wallace, and guys who bought into what that team was doing as a collective. If you're a Mellow fan, you tell me, well, he didn't have enough help. Some of that probably was by design because if you played with Mellow, you weren't seeing the ball. So I don't think a lot of players wanted to sign up to be the running mate to a volume shooter. If you're a Laker fan, you're going to tell me LeBron needs more help. And we've seen some of that throughout what is a far more competitive series than the overall 3-0 tally would reflect. And certainly a vastly different outlook than Miami against Boston. Miami against Boston has been a reflection of heat culture. It's not only a hashtag on social media. It is the foundation for everything they do beyond the heroics of Jimmy Butler. But in my view, as much of a full embrace that we have to put our arms around Miami and say kudos for a team that was the top seed in the East a year ago, dropped down to having be the eighth seed in that play-in gimmick this year, made it to the finals, losing to the Lakers in the bubble in Orlando in 2020. This series in the East says as much about Boston's failures as it does about Miami's accomplishments because Boston did not show up last night. Joe Missoula can take the metaphoric bullet as he did post game saying they weren't ready to play okay there's a coaching piece there what about the professional pride of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown two players who not only just in terms of fantasy hoops and I realize the all NBA teams are a bit stilted because they're going still position by position in a positionless league but Tatum's a top five player not only based on that selection just conventional wisdom Jalen Brown is just a step behind, and he was second-team All-NBA. Boston is a far better team than Miami. Just look at the rosters. Adding Malcolm Brogdon and having the defensive prowess of Smart. Horford, a veteran leader and a good defensive player. Robert Williams, when he's able to match up effectively, a difference maker defensively, and none of it has mattered because something is fundamentally wrong with this team. The obvious point of distinction would be the coaching change, but a lot of this has to come down to the players. It's going to be fascinating to see what Boston does to address it in the postseason. Do they reevaluate the basic fit of their big one-two punch between Tatum and Brown? We'll get there coming up in a half hour when we chat with Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. It is a Monday edition of... Hopefully, the soon-to-be Emmy Award-winning Rich Eisen Show. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich. The phone number is 844-204-7424. You can contact me on Twitter at BWWeber, Weber with two Bs. As for Denver and L.A., Denver's a better team. Sometimes the standings are meaningful. I realize the regular season has proven to be largely irrelevant this year when we got to the playoffs, especially when Miami, quote-unquote, stunned Milwaukee in the opening round. Milwaukee with the best record in all of basketball, but got to remember that Giannis was gimpy with a back injury, and Miami is not your typical 7-8 bottom-of-the-standing seed 
because they were the number one seed last year. And if seed ever was completely meaningless, it's attached to Miami. This is a aberration anomaly team that rides Jimmy Butler, who comes alive when they get to the postseason. Denver is a good, deep, balanced team. And I know we didn't want to talk about him a lot during the regular season, especially when Durant came to Phoenix, and I'm guilty of this as well. Thankfully, I don't think there's any podcast evidence, maybe on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, but I might have stumbled into a summary judgment that had Phoenix the title to rant to the Valley of the Sun equals championship. That didn't work out. Now, that didn't work out because Chris Paul got hurt again because he's 117 years old, and unfortunately he's breaking down. That also did not work because Phoenix had no depth in part because of what they gave up to get Durant, in part because, and it might have been a reason he got fired, although I think it was the ownership change primarily and his frosty relationship with DeAndre Ayton, but early in the series, Monty Williams refused to go to his bench. Denver has, in addition to the one-of-one skill set that is Nikola Jokic, give me the comp. He is doing things as a center We have not seen statistically since Wilt Chamberlain. If you're in the same sentence as Wilt, you are on a plane that is incredibly unique. But we knew that. Guy went back-to-back MVPs and had a better field goal percentage this year than he did the two prior years when he failed to win the award and, and B broke through and took home the hardware. We knew... If you were paying attention, and I know we have an East Coast bias, that's not just a cliche. It is a reflection of demographics. 65% of you listening live east of the Mississippi. That's where I grew up, and I didn't pay any attention to Denver. Now, I grew up in a pre-cable TV saturation universe. I could do the nuggets from back in the day, since we did the homage to Carmelo. Dan Issel, talking Doug Moe patrolling the sidelines. Lafayette Fat Lever. Alex English was so smooth. And Kiki Vandaway. But if we're just looking at this team, I don't know why I felt the need to take you back to 1988. Jamal Murray has been terrific. Not only dominating the last couple games with 37 and 37 back-to-back outings, games two and Saturday night. He's come all the way back from that lingering knee issue that had made him a shadow of himself since he was a terrific player in the bubble. So you have a top three player, however you want to slot Jokic. You could say he's the best player in the league. He's going to go to the NBA Finals for the first time and lead the team there for the first time in franchise history with a tremendous second option in Murray. And then KCP. Right there in that two-and-a-half-star model I was talking about to win a championship. Or if you get more consistency out of Michael Porter Jr., who's finally healthy after all the injuries dating back to his college career in Missouri. They got a big game from Bruce Brown when they matched up with the Suns. What happened to the Suns head-to-head against Denver was 
Durant and Booker just could not sustain having to carry that team. And for the Lakers, look, you get to game one and you get a performance that Anthony Davis should be able to do every night but doesn't because of his lack of consistency and, unfortunately, his inability to stay healthy. But if you get 40 out of game one AD, you have LeBron with the ball in his hand with 45 seconds to go with a good look at a three to tie the game and he misses, you come away with some positives. You go to game two. Remember, LeBron also missed some free throws in game one. Go to game two. LeBron simply cannot make a three. It's like he's allergic to it. Lakers still lead most of the way. They get phenomenal output offensively from Hashimura. And they still lose because Murray's got 37. And Joker had the triple-double. And then you go to Saturday. It was the Murray carryover from how he closed the game in the previous Game 2 explosion. Unstoppable in the first half. AD looks gassed at the end of the game. D'Angelo Russell absolutely should be on the side of a milk carton. How was he even allowed to play those 20 minutes on Saturday? I don't know what a word is more extreme than liability. He does not belong on the floor, and we'll see what Darvin Ham does tonight. you got to play a lot more Schroeder. I think you put Schroeder clearly in the starting lineup. But if you're a Laker fan and you're getting the kind of productivity I mentioned from Hashimura, 21 points in Game 2, Austin Reeves showed up again as he did against Memphis, and you're still losing these games. It comes down to the summary judgment. Denver's just a better team. Not a hot take. The record has meaning. Remember, also, Denver was the second-best home team in all of basketball this year. And the Lakers had a very positive draw. Took on a dysfunctional Memphis team beyond all of the off-the-court issues that John Morant continues to create. Dylan Brooks stepped on a mind that he set up and then wouldn't be held accountable postgame. So Memphis was the right opponent for L.A. Also, it bears repeating L.A. after the moves that Rob Palenka made just prior to the trade deadline. Addition by subtraction. Parting ways with Russell Westbrook. Coming in with complimentary players. Nobody Played better defense than the Lakers down the stretch. They should have beaten Memphis. And then the draw was positive again. They took on a limping, aging Warrior team that was atrocious on the road all season long. And that continued to be the case in that series against the Lakers. And Jordan Poole was as unimpactful as D'Angelo Russell has been for the Lakers. So no moral victories I'm not handing out participation trophies. Lakers should feel good about making it this far, but that's not good enough. When you have LeBron, the expectations are one thing and one thing only. And coming up, when we get back to the NBA in 20 minutes, we'll try to look forward when we chat with Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBCSports.com. Is there a real possibility, considering his age, this is the last time we're going to see LeBron in the conference Finals, and where do the Lakers go from here? Because based on this roster, and unfortunately, Anthony Davis's inability to play consistently, 
this Laker roster, I think, maximized their possibilities. This is as far as they're going to go, and we just have seen repeatedly in a critical handful of moments the last couple games in the fourth quarter, Denver is flat out a better team and certainly a better coach team. Michael, don't call him Mike, Michael Malone has been masterful in his decision-making. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. You want to talk NBA? Pick up the phone, 844-204-7424. I'll check your tweets coming up. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. In addition to returning to the NBA in just over 20 minutes, want to spend a few more moments on the passing of Jim Brown. We talked about his legacy on and off the field in the first hour of the show. I think it's not even a stretch to say In addition to being the most impactful running back of them all, I think he is the greatest of all time in football. If that's the case, whether you agree or not, why did the man who used to sign Peyton Manning's checks leave him out of his top five entirely? Yes, Jim Irsay continues to be the content gift that keeps on giving. A lot more to get to as we continue on an active Monday I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm Brian Weber. Delighted to be in for Rich, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call Granger.com or just stop by. 844 204 7424. Twitter is 
active today with a lot of AI chatter. You can head over there to see what I'm talking about. I am a human being. How can I demonstrate this to you? If we're on the Roku channel, I could go old school and hold up a newspaper with the date. How about this? If you tweet at me, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, I will either like it or reply. A computer couldn't do that, right? Now we're all doomed. But I have the great opportunity to reach out to an old friend coming up in less than 15 minutes. We'll get back to the NBA. Boston getting demolished last night. Miami on the brink of moving on to the NBA Finals. Same outlook for Denver. If they can close out the Lakers tonight, we'll cover it all when we check in with Kurt Halen, lead NBA writer for NBC Sports. In the first hour of the program, because I want to live up to the normal body of work that Rich and the gang put together every day, and I was an amateur historian before getting into broadcasting. I would not sit and try to do my own research. I'm just trying to justify. I watched a lot of TV as a kid and before the Internet, folks. We had a admiration, I'm told, that helped me get a job when I was younger. I'm youngish, right? When I was 22, somebody put me on television. I looked like I was 14. I sounded like I was 9. But if you could get past the delivery, I knew a lot about a lot. I knew a lot about sports history. Reading books like Greatest Athletes of All Time. And among the chapters was Jim Brown, who was a living legend. We lost the greatest running back of them all. And in my view, the greatest football player we've ever seen. The announcement made on Friday Brown passing away at the age of 87. I ran through all of the accolades, the achievements, his unique standing as one of the first crossover stars moving from sports in entertainment, starting with The Dirty Dozen and a variety of other films. He was impactful in pop culture. He was meaningful in truly important developments like the civil rights movement. He was also somebody who had issues with women, and legal trouble connected to a variety of accusations for abusing women and domestic violence. And I gave you the details of that because that's part of the obituary. I am not trying to dwell on the negative, but you can't tell the Jim Brown story without being fully inclusive. Still, when Brown passed away, we had so much of an outpouring of Emotion and reflection from every corner of the sports world. LeBron James had a lot of great things to say, obviously, with the Cleveland connection. But because I am in the content industry, I immediately gravitated towards Jim Irsay, this courtesy of Mike Florio's Empire Pro Football Talk. I want to give them attribution because there's too much stealing in our business. Jim Irsay is a unique cat. Not only is he one of the more outgoing, personable NFL owners at the NFL owner meetings, when they get together, he's one of the few that will stop for people holding microphones. He shares opinions. You got to give him credit for this. He was the first one to publicly suggest it might be time for the league to part ways with Daniel Snyder, foreshadowing the pending sale And the long overdue, we're talking 20 years overdue, of the NFL finally getting Snyder out of the mix. And I'll skip that rant for today. 
Ursay certainly does some weird things. Who else would have hired Jeff Saturday? Seems like a nice man. I liked him on the Talking Head shows on ESPN, but he had no head coaching experience. Then goes on to have that game with that phenomenal performance against Vegas. Ursay is taking a victory lap. Feels like Colt fans are buying Super Bowl tickets, and then they have the greatest collapse we've ever seen on the road to Minnesota. Ursay also likes to sing. Did you know that he's got a cover band, and he's out there belting out Pink Floyd hits? I feel comfortably numb right now going through all these details. So Ursay, of course, had a weigh-in, and it was respectful. And beyond paying his homage to Jim Brown, he came up with this tweet. On my list of the top five greatest NFL players of all time, I have top five as. One, Jim Brown. Two, Tom Brady. Three, John Elway. Four, Deacon Jones. Five, Reggie White. Interesting list. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes going name by name. I do give Ursay credit for being expansive, including Deacon Jones. Remember, Deacon Jones would have been the all-time sack leader, but sacks weren't officially a stat when he played back in the day of the fearsome foursome and the head slap. Reggie White belongs in the conversation. We never talk about defensive players. Lawrence Taylor should be there. Alan Page joining LT as the only defensive players ever to win the NFL MVP award. But the fascinating development comes down to this, including John Elway. Now, again, I don't want to be Captain History here. But for the folks who don't remember, Elway, and I, I remember vividly as a football fan, plus we share the same alma mater, so I know people who know John, and I've heard these stories off the record as well. John was so resentful of having to play for the Colts when they drafted him because he had options. He said he was going to go play baseball because he shined at Sunken Diamond as a baseball player for Stanford and the football team. That's how little he wanted to play for the Colts. You know who owned the Colts at the time? Ursay's father, Robert. So the fact that Ursay would have the ability to step back, remove emotion, and come up with an objective view of Elway in the top five is fascinating. But it's also really interesting that he did not include Peyton Manning. All Peyton did was win four MVP awards and take the Colts to the only Super Bowl they've won. I don't know what's going on there. Now, Ursay did get the reaction on social media, followed up with this thought. No doubt Peyton, Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice in the top 10. It's just that Elway didn't have great offensive players around him till the end when he won two in a row. And his feats were remarkable from baseball talents. So putting in mobility as the tiebreak. Okay. I mean, good good for Ursay, but it just feels odd, given his relationship with his fan base, wouldn't you take the time to think about before you thumbed out that tweet, and that's the beauty of Ursay, how that's going to be perceived. But for those of us who bark into a microphone, there is nobody better than Ursay. And it's going to be very interesting to see how long it takes Anthony Richardson to get on the field, the most polarizing. Take Will Levis out of the equation. I never thought he belonged in the top 10 conversation. But Richardson, small sample size, had a lousy completion percentage of Florida on a losing team, only started roughly 13 games. But he dominated the combine. He's a unicorn, and I'm just looking forward to Richardson when he gets on the field having Ursay tweet outlandish things about him to hand us even more content.
Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. If you want to give me a call, we got room in the final hour of the program. 844-204-7424. Tweets at BW Weber. Weber with two Bs. Coming up, the fallout from a miserable night for the Celtics last night in Miami. Will the Lakers show up with a degree of pride to extend the series against the Nuggets tonight? Plus, which of the high-profile coaching openings is the best gig? Looking forward to chatting with Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBC Sports, all part of, of, he said smoothly, a Monday edition of The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich, here on The Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Brian Weber back with you. Always an honor to be in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-7424. You can tweet at me, BW Weber. Weber with two Bs whenever I have the distinct pleasure of guest hosting. Look forward to reaching out to old friends. Among them, Kurt Heelan, lead NBA writer for NBC Sports. Kurt, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, nice, quiet time of year in the NBA. Not much going on. It's, it's you know, it's easy. Yeah, nothing going on. I would imagine Sports Talk Radio in Boston is very low-key, very happy yeah. today. So before I wonder if Joe Mazzulla is going to get fired in the future of the organization, let's just get back to the details of last night. And obviously it was grisly, but 
Here's the issue I've, I've seen from Boston throughout the playoffs and a huge contrast from last year's run to the NBA Finals. Kurt, what has happened to their defense? Yeah, thank you. I, at the end of the day, last year their identity was defense. The, it, they had a structure on that end that really was the core of the team. And this year they finished with the third best defense in the NBA over the regular season, but it felt, I don't know, like an echo residual like it was not the identity of the team anymore and their wins and losses were more easily tied to their three-point shooting they they they, that became more of an identity for this team and I think that as what whatever moves they make going forward I think that you're kind of getting at it and and Brogdon hinted at this last night but it's just time to get back to that it is time for them and this should be a lockdown defensive team that by the way can score like they They've just gotten away from that this year. Glad we addressed the actual basketball being played. Now let's get people fired. Let's get the team <laughs> broken up. Let's reconstruct the roster. Is Joe Missoula dead man walking, or if that happens, is that Brad Stevens making an admission he hired the wrong guy? I don't think he's a dead man walking only because they just gave him an extension, probably too quickly. Yeah, but they great gave point. him an extension. They gave him uh, my guess, and it's also just not how the Celtics have done things. They have tended to be patient. They have tended to see things through. They have not tend to make rash moves. Um, but I think you'll see what you. I think we'll see is Missoula back in the big chair, but he's going to have a completely new staff led by somebody with head coach experience sitting next to him. I, you know, whoever that ends up being. Um, somebody or some buddies to be, uh, you know, the Kenny Atkinson next to him on, on the bench, right? Or, or you know, Mike Brown for years. and Steve, Like Steve Kerstaff has had a bunch of these guys. They're going to put somebody, not just an experienced head assistant coach. I think you're going to get experience on the bench. But it's going to start with somebody who is a borderline threat to take his job, frankly, but also can can – guide him a little more because he has seemed overwhelmed at points makes complete sense i used the text winner analogy earlier but sounds like yeah. and i agree with your frame of mind they'll go with somebody who's a more viable candidate and we're not being ageist here but somebody in a different demo i'm brian weber in for rich Eisen. we're focusing on the cusp now of the nba finals both miami and denver are game away with kurt Heelan, lead nba writer for nbc sports kurt you do a great job of offering context i'm pretty good with the framework of sports history, and we can expand it beyond hoops if you want to. Can you give me a comp for Jimmy Butler, somebody who is good, respectable in the regular season, but superhuman come playoff time? Yeah, it's really hard. I, I, it's funny. We've been, I've talked about this with a few people, and it's hard to come up with somebody in basketball or even, like you said, it doesn't I'm struggling to do it. There, there were some Mr. Octobers, but like Reggie Jackson was great in the regular, you know, during the Major League Baseball regular season, too. Um, I'm, I'm struggling in baseball. The basketball comp I come closest to, and it's more injury-related, is Kawhi Leonard. But when Kawhi Leonard, even this season, um, when he plays, he's still almost – he's still an all-NBA. Well, Jimmy Butler made all-NBA. Um, so it's not like he's been terrible in the regular season. But I think that's the one where you're like, there's just another year he can turn into. Um, he's just been able to stay healthy, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really hard for me to find. <laughs> I, w- I wish I had a better answer for you. This is bad talk radio, but I just, I, I've struggled to find that comp. 
we like Candid. It also is a testament to just how unique Jimmy is and should put him in position to get even more recognition. Right, let's shift to Denver and L.A. Watching these games, they've all come down to the fourth quarter. If you're a Laker honk, I don't want Michael Malone coming after me. You could argue the Lakers should have a 2-1 series lead. Kurt, as you look back on the last two fourth quarters, have they been a reflection of the limitations of the Lakers? Lakers really maxing out this roster or telling you more about the resolve of Denver? First off, the resolve of Denver is real. And that's, I think, what this was the question I think we all had coming into the playoffs. It wasn't Denver was the one seed. They certainly had the talent. They've got the two-time MVP. And, and people remember back to before Jamal Murray blew out his ACL in 2021, going into those playoffs, they were kind of a trendy hipster pick to win it all, right? Like they were the team on the rise after they got Aaron Gordon. You're like, this is a really good team. They've kept that roster together. They've been patient. They've had continuity. But the question was grit, right? Like, what happened? You just never, you know, we do this in every sport. The quarterback, Brian, no quarterback can win the Super Bowl until they've won the Super Bowl, right? Like, we do this with everybody. I think there was a, yeah, but can they do it under pressure? What happens when they get on the biggest stage? And it's been impressive. Um, but I also think you have hit the nail on the head. There are limits to this Laker roster, even as much better as it is, when you get to this point in the NBA season, it's some, and it's on some level it becomes less about your stars and less about just how great Jokic is or LeBron or Anthony Davis and more about where are the holes in the lineup that we can attack. And Denver has less of those. D'Angelo Russell, you can't play Vando at some times. Like there's just – there's spots in the Laker roster that are holes when you get down to the final four teams that Denver isn't showing. Final thought taking you away from the postseason. So we have a variety of high-profile coaching yeah. vacancies, Bucks, Suns, and Sixers. How do you slot those openings? We go Milwaukee one, right? Because you get Giannis and they're just a couple yeah. years removed from winning a championship. How do you factor in the variables connected with Philly and Phoenix? Phoenix has got some roster work to do. Obviously, Chris Paul has has reached the downside of his career, and they've just they've got to round that out. They have as good a top duo as anybody, but there's a lot of roster work to do, and a lot of um, you, you need some. I think you're ultimately going to get a veteran, but that's just the most unpredictable one because nobody knows. Matt Ishby is running the show, the new owner, and nobody's quite sure where that's going to go. Uh, you know, report came out from Woj today. It looks like maybe if Nick Nurse gets the Philadelphia job, which makes some sense. Because, especially if James Harden leaves, they're going to need real creativity. They're going to need a spark of genius, so to speak. And, and there's not a more aggressive coach and a creative coach than Nurse. If he does that, um, if he goes there, then Monty Williams to Milwaukee? That's my guess. I think those kind of jobs, you just, hey, man, as much as Adrian Griffin deserves a shot, as much as there's guys out there who are lead assistants who absolutely deserve the chance, Charles Lee, I don't know if you can give Milwaukee or Philadelphia to a guy who hasn't been in the chair before. Um, it just it's, It seems like too big a risk for a team that close to a title. Kurt, always a pleasure. Enjoy the insights and the information. If I'm filling in for Rich now, although it's a good circumstance because Rich and the guys are in New York for the Sports Emmy Awards, hoping to capture a trophy tonight, take home the statue with them. It also means vacation season is coming up, so hopefully your phone will be charged. 
because looking forward to July, I have a feeling I might be chatting or at least reaching out to you again, talking NBA free agency. It is. I'll just tell you now. I look forward to it, Brian. It is going to be a trade-heavy, wild offseason. Ooh. Teams are going to make big moves this year. I need it. Otherwise, I got to talk baseball in July. Kurt, enjoy Game <laughs> Four tonight. We'll chat with you soon. Look forward to it, man. Kurt Allen's terrific. Lead NBA writer, NBCSports.com. Now. I do talk baseball. In fact, I should look ahead to tomorrow's program. As I said, I reach out to people that I have relationships with professionally. I know I can count on them because they're going to give you strong opinions that are based in facts. Kurt knows what he's talking about. Great reminder. Missoula just got the contract extension in the midst of what was a magnificent first year. Now, given the financial resources of these teams, they can eat the money. But I agree, and I laid it out in the opening monologue, I don't see Boston whacking Missoula just yet. They blow up the coaching staff. They surround him with people who actually know how to call a timeout. But if you're looking ahead, I know you are. Tomorrow, going to spend some time talking baseball. We're at the quarter pole. 25% of the never-ending regular season's done. We'll check in with Joe Sheehan. Used to write for Sports Illustrated, New York Times. Now has his own shingle, betting on himself, the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. Final hour coming up. A lot more to get to. Hockey fans, turn on the red light. All the conversation you're looking forward to coming up at 2.40 Eastern time. We'll check in with Pierre McGuire, longtime hockey analyst. The games in the conference finals have been sensational and historic. All four going to overtime. Straight ahead, back to the NBA. More of the key thoughts heading into the Lakers and the Nuggets tonight, plus what changes are coming up in Boston once Miami takes care of them. Hang with us. Appreciate you spending time with us on a Monday. Weber in for Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show.